0: Hey, church family, welcome back uh, to the Church Life Podcast. So if you are listening on schedule, it's Thursday. Uh, Happy Thursday. Today for our podcast, we have a a devotion from the book of 1 Samuel. Um, And I've invited Brian Cloyes, one of our young adults at Carterville, to come and share with us. So Brian is a a young man in our church who's been faithful to the Lord. Uh, He actually preached for us Sunday night in our evening worship. I loved the sermon. And in fact, that's the reason he's here today. Is I just I wanted some other folks in our church uh, to get to hear it. So if we were if you were part of the Sunday Night Worship uh, this past week, uh, you've heard this once, and I hope this brings it back to mind. And if you've not heard this yet, I hope you really enjoy it. I thought it was a great perspective um, on First Samuel. So let me welcome you. Hey, Brian. Welcome, man. Hey, it's good to be here. Yeah, I'm glad. And you you were with us for the podcast during Advent, so great. it's not your first time to serve us this way. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Well, so we don't have nearly as much time for the podcast right, right. as we had You can't preach for an hour this time. No, that's right. (laughs) So let's talk about uh, what the Lord has shown you in this text.
1: Okay. Uh, I do want to read the text for us, um, but before I do that, I want to give just a brief background so we can catch everyone up up to speed on what's going on when we start reading. So I'm going to read from chapter 2, but I want to summarize chapter 1. So in chapter 1, the book of Samuel opens with the story of a man named Elkanah and his wife Hannah. Uh, His wife Hannah has a problem. She can't have a child. That really hurts her really makes her upset. Um, But they are very faithful to the Lord, so every year they go up to this place called Shiloh to make their sacrifices. That's pretty much where all the Israelites would have gone, uh, probably going to Shiloh to make their sacrifices. At Shiloh, she comes in contact with a man, the priest, high priest named Eli. Um, And Eli notices that she's praying, crying out to the Lord, um, and she recognizes eventually that she's crying out for a son. And Eli, in turn, blesses her and says, may the Lord grant what you've requested from him. And she goes home, and Sure enough, of course, the Lord blesses her with her son, her first son, and his name was Samuel. Uh, But then, instead of uh, raising him in her own home, she instead devotes him to the Lord and the Lord's work at the temple, the temple complex area in Shiloh. So now, in this part of the story... Samuel is working with Eli in the temple. Uh, But the main point of the passage that we're about to read is to contrast Samuel, Hannah's son, with Eli and his sons who are very wicked. So the idea in this passage is Eli the priest is kind of ironically very wicked, but Samuel's coming up to replace uh, both Eli and his sons. So let me start reading chapter 2 and we'll look at um, a a few things in this passage. So Starting in chapter 2 and verse 11. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah. And the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. The custom of the priest with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest servant would come while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand, and he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is what they did at Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Moreover, before the fat was burned, the priest servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Give meat to the priest to roast, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but only raw and if the man said to him let them burn the fat first and then take as much as you wish he would say no you must give it now and if not i will take it by force thus the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the lord for the men treated the offering of the lord with contempt Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with the linen ephod, and his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children by this woman for the petition she asked of the Lord. So then they would return to their home. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters, and the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. So what I want to focus on is really two main sins that Eli's sons are committing here. Uh, But I recognize, me personally and anyone who's reading this text in 21st century America, there's a little bit of a disconnect on understanding what's actually going on in the passage. So I want to give you a brief Old Testament lesson, kind of remind everyone on the context here. So if you remember, the Israelites come into the Promised Land, the land of Palestine. God blesses them with the entire land. He breaks up the land into different areas, different sections for all the tribes to live in, but there's one exception. The priests and the Levites don't have a special tribal allotment. Instead, they live in cities throughout the land of Palestine, and their sustenance is totally dependent upon the goodwill of the people of the Israelites Israelites to come and bring offerings, and they're going to take a portion of that offering for their own meals and for their own sustenance. So that's a little bit of a background to the problem. So we actually see that going on in the text. The priests are taking part of the offering and having it for themselves. So we still have to answer the question, though, what is the problem? What is the problem with what they're doing? Well, in the Old Testament and Deuteronomy, there's specific sections of each offering that the priests are supposed to get. So, for example, the shoulder, the cheeks, and the stomach. Those are the specific sections that the priests are allowed to take for themselves and their family. But if you look at the passage, this is not what's going on at Shiloh. These priests, Eli's evil sons, are taking whatever they want out of the pot. They're sticking their fork and getting whatever they want out of the pot. So, just a brief application here. Uh, I think it's very easy to slip into the mindset of Eli and his sons. So, if we go out about the work of the Lord, we go to church, we're faithful to do that, we're faithful even to serve in the church. We may be on the outside giving our first fruits. But if we ever slip into the mindset that we're doing the work of the Lord, even giving our first fruits just to see what we can get out of it, just to see how it can benefit us, that's really just as bad as not giving the Lord our first fruits in the first place. So I believe that's the first big problem we see with Eli's sons. The second problem with Eli's sons, the second big sin, which is even worse, I think, is regarding the fat of the sacrifice. So we have this hypothetical conversation where a man is coming to sacrifice and the priests are saying, uh, we, we want to take the fat of your sacrifice. The man is begging them, no, don't do that. Burn the fat off first, then you can have the sacrifice. This is a problem because the Lord has specifically told the priest they are not Eat the fat of the sacrifice. Uh, so, just briefly, we got to figure out why is fat such a big deal. Uh, but I think you probably realize why it's such a big deal uh, more more than maybe you consider at first. So, we live in the south and we have fried food. We have fried chicken. That's basically chicken coated with a lot of fat. We have fried fish, we have fried potatoes, we even have fried ice cream. You also might be in the habit of putting actual strips of bacon fat or ham fat into your green beans, your baked beans, or your butter beans. So I think we can realize and kind of connect to the fact that fat, the fat of meat really flavors um, our meals and even the meat that we eat today. So obviously in this passage, the fat is is the first fruits part of the offering? The Lord says you must reserve the fat for me because that's the best part of the offering. So again, just like we've been talking about all month, clearly the Lord is is uh, explicit here. Uh, it's wrong. To withhold from him the first fruits of our lives, of our time, of our talents, of our money—of course—but so much more than that, of what we give to the Lord. Um, so, of course, we don't want to withhold from that—that that from the Lord. But I do want to put another little spin on it here. Uh, it's also wrong uh, to withhold the first fruits of our lives from the Lord because. By doing that, we're actually ingratiating ourselves. This is what the priests at Shiloh were doing. They were not only withholding the fat from the Lord, they were taking it for themselves and using it to benefit themselves. So that's that's also the logical connection of what we do when we withhold from the Lord our talents and gifts and money. So just another reminder to, to be careful with that problem. So
0: So the, the step one, I mean, you got Eli and his two wicked sons, Man, you've done a great job showing us how they are not what we've been calling first fruits givers, right? I mean they're takers. Right. And even Eli as a priest is not governing well. Like he's allowing his sons to just continue in wickedness. And he's not he's not giving even his household to the Lord in a way, right? And it's not making sure that the Lord receives the honor he's due. And so the contrast, you say, is for, uh, for Hannah and Samuel.
1: How's that? Okay, yeah, very, very good. So uh, I'm I'm arguing in, the, in this passage the real first fruits giver is Hannah herself. So just kind of imagine the heartache that she's experienced. She's gone through this period where she can't bear a child. That's really all she wants in her life. But the Lord blesses her. He gives her a miracle. She bears a son called Samuel. But instead of keeping Samuel for himself... She actually gives him to the Lord. Of course, we're not saying you should give up your children for adoption, but I am saying that we need to consider what are some things in our lives that are really, really precious to us, that, or maybe some things that would be really hard for us to let go of, and we need to come to the point that if one day the Lord asks those things from us, that we should be ready and willing to give them up for him. So even the things that are really close to us, maybe our, our career, our job, our proximity to our family, or whatever is really precious and dear to your heart, um, if, if the Lord would ask you to move away, if the Lord would ask you to change a career, are we ready and willing to do that? Even today I think that's Hannah's example in this passage
0: you know for me um, yeah Brian I'm a little bit older I mean Lindsay and I are you know we're kind of that middle life stage I'm 43've mm-hmm. got three boys and for a lot of the parents re- listening to our podcast you know this morning or this evening whenever you listen. The idea of even recognizing that our children already belong to the Lord and that we don't need to fool ourselves into thinking that we own them, but to re- to really allow our kids to follow the Lord and surrender our will to right. His, no matter where that takes them, no matter right. what that calling looks like, we might have dreams that they would be I don't know, like you know something, something that we were in our childhood or even in our adulthood, or maybe we have a particular career we want them to pursue, and as God begins to call them, it's clear to us that His plans are different than ours, and that we would allow them to be Samuel. Hmm. That, like Hannah, really gave her son to the glory of the Lord, that we would give our sons and daughters to the glory of the Lord. And I just, as a parent, it's a very powerful text for me. And for a lot of families who uh, you're not raising children or we have fifth and sixth graders that listen to our podcast Mm -hmm. and you're thinking, well, okay, you know, I don't have kids to hand over to the Lord. What should I do? I think you were right on target, you know, that, well, what is important to you? What are the things that you have the, the tendency to want to cling to? Would you give them over to the Lord? Would you let God have them for whatever he wants? I think it's awesome to think about Hannah as the example of the first fruits giver in this passage. And I just want to challenge our church. Like, let's live this way. Let's be like Hannah. Yep. Amen. Well, Brian, thanks a ton for blessing us this morning. Yeah. Man, that, a was, pleasure. that was rich. I enjoyed thoroughly uh, the sermon last Sunday night, and I hope that everybody's blessed by the podcast. If you love this episode of the podcast, I hope you'll share it. And uh, easy to share this episode with some friends. This is a a, a way to read uh, this chapter of 1 Samuel that I'd never thought about. And I really appreciate you opening my eyes to this.
1: I appreciate the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there you go, the good teacher. Brian, have an awesome, awesome Thank uh, Thursday. You. See you, you man.